this is a podcast where I talk to people with disabilities to hear their stories. I wouldn't expect anyone to know what life is like for someone who can't walk, can't see, or can't hear. But we have a responsibility to learn and grow throughout our lives. And this podcast is meant to help to see what life is like for someone on the other side. Welcome to Ability. Coming up, I talk to musician and friend Phenom on this episode with Jeremy Phenom Thomas. Let's get started. Let's rock and roll. <laughs> it's finally great to get to talk to you. I'm super excited. Awesome, man. Awesome. Appreciate it. <laughs> so let's start from the beginning. Uh, tell me about your disability as if I know nothing. Okay, well, uh, uh, my mom was in a car accident uh, while she was pregnant with me. And I was diagnosed with spina bifida and cerebral palsy. I was in the hospital for about, what, uh, six months. I was two pounds, eight ounces, and I suffered two strokes, and the rest was history. How old were you when that happened? I was, I was still in the womb. I was in the womb. Oh, wow. Yeah, once my mom, had a, once my mom got in the car accident, that forced her into labor. When did you first realize you were different? Oh, man. Uh, coming up. I mean, I, I can't say the age, but just growing up, like you know, going through life, you know, there there was times where where I noticed that I couldn't do things the same way that other people do it. It's not about how you do it; it's about no, it's not about what you do; it's how you do it, you know. And I knew, and I noticed that when kids go out and play, I probably might have to crawl, you know. They they run, I probably might have to, you know, crawl. So. You know, it's just a different different perspective. You know, I'm blessed. I can't complain about anything that, you know, God has blessed me with. What was it like for you growing up? Oh, man. <laughs> um, I, I can say I was raised to be very independent, very independent. Um, if all my mom tell my brothers not to help me up, I have two brothers older and a young middle baby. And... I mean, I take licks, I keep it trucking, you know, I get up, I fall, dust myself off and keep it moving. What was it like for you in grade school? Oh man, in, in grade school it was, it was it was pretty much it was much tough, you know, because coming up, I used to hang around most of my most of family, you know, cousins and brothers and you know, and like friends around the neighborhood. But I, I when I started school, it was kind of like I was like an alien, you know. It was like, oh wow, now I see you feel me, the difference between people that accept you for you and people that just see your wheelchair and think you're mentally challenged or you're in, you're un, you're unable to do things, incapable of doing the things that regular people do. I mean, even the school system they they put you. In a category, let's just say if you have a physical disability or a mental disability, they already put you in slow learning classes, meaning that you're you're not up to speed with a regular kid, so to say. And as for me, they tried to put me in, you know, the the, the ESOL classes, as they call it here, the ESOL classes. And the teacher one day, I went into class or whatever, and the homework, it was easy for me. It gave him a test, and she realized that 
I did like excellent on the test, and she was like, he he doesn't belong in this class. He doesn't belong. I mean, even though he's in a wheelchair, his brain is like incredible. So after that, after I took the test, they they put me into regular classes with the regular kids, and it was more so like I had to earn my respect. You know, I had to prove myself because people when people see me or a person with disability, I'm not I'm not going to see everybody, but in elementary, it's like they don't they don't have an understanding because they're not, you know, they don't have the understanding to what's going on. So when I got into regular school, public school, I had to earn my respect. As far as like, hey, I'm regular just like you. This wheelchair is not hindering me mentally, and not even physically. I just do things differently, you know. How long were you in the special needs classes? Oh man, I would say I was in the special needs class from like I started school at I started public school at uh, when I was got into the third grade, third grade. In pre K, I went to this. Uh, it was what well, I forgot the name of the school. It was basically like a, like a daycare for like physically challenged, for the physically challenged, and I was there up until from kindergarten up until the second grade and then I went to the public public school I got into the third grade when I was in the third grade at the time were you happy to be out of those uh, special classes yeah once I got into public school I was I was absolutely happy man I was absolutely happy because I wasn't being I was I wasn't being you know judged meaning oh he's going to he's, he's going into the slow class, as they would say. Yeah. You know, once I got out, once I got out of those in... classes, say it again. Did you do better in school after you got out of those classes? Yes, I did. I did. I did because it it, it was kind of stressful, you know. It was kind of stressful. It was I was being verbally bullied, you know. It was tough. It was tough. It was tough, and it, it, it's, it's not their fault. It's just the fact that they don't understand. They don't understand the difference. What is your relationship like with your parents? Oh man, my my relationship with my parents, you know, it's creamy. It's peachy and creams, peach and creams. You know, I have a, I have an incredible relationship, incredible relationship with, with my mom and my dad as well. That's awesome. What adaptations have you made to the world around you? Hmm. The adaptations, I would say, personally, I don't think, speaking for myself, I don't think I, I, I've had to, I've had to adapt. And I think most of the world had to adapt to me. If you could have any job, if education, cost, or physical ability were not a factor, just pure enjoyment. What would you most like to do? Oh man, I would either be a, I would either be a track star or a professional basketball player. And in those reasons, because I would like to run. You know, I can walk a little bit, but I would love to run. I would love to run and jump. I was so dunking basketball, I would dunk. <laughs> but now I have to settle for the uh, for the fat lips and wheelchair basketball. I guess those are wheelchair dunk. You could do the dunk and have your tongue hanging out like Jordan. If I know, right? 
you don't get that kind of you know glory moments in wheelchair basketball, unfortunately. Nah, nah, nah. <laughs> Only when you're hitting the hitting the buzzer beater three. <laughs> what brings you joy? Oh man, just just positive energy, positive energy, and making others uh, making other people smile and happy. Who inspires you? I look up to my mom. You know her strength and how much she's put on the line for me and my brothers. You know, she was a single mother raising a single mother, three boys on her own. You know, and I just, you know, that's my strength right there. That's my strength. I didn't have a chance to look it up beforehand, but what, uh, like, what do you do? You know, like, do you have a career or anything? Yeah, I'm, I'm actually an entrepreneur. I'm an entrepreneur. I'm a, a professional athlete and recording artist. I'm a record producer. I own my own studio called Phenom Productions. You know, I've been there for about 10 years. What made you want to get into music production? Oh, man. Um, I was, I was, you know, raised up around music. You know, I would go to church and play the piano. My, my older brother, he used to uh, rap. And so I watched him. You know, you always want to mimic your older brother. <laughs> so I watched him and wanted to do the things he do. And by the time when I got about the age of 8, 8 or 12 years old, I started playing the piano in church, and the music blossomed from there. What made you want to get into wheelchair fitness? Oh, wheelchair fitness. Oh, man, I was, I was 17 years old. I was 17 years old. I was always, you know, active, you know, in my neighborhood, playing with, playing with the kids, the able-bodied kids, playing with the kids, free football. And uh, I was, how old was I when I saw this commercial that got me into wheelchair basketball? Uh, I would think I was 17. I was 17 years old. And that's when the, uh, the Nike commercial, came, No Excuses commercial, came out featuring Matt Scott. And the commercial, I saw the commercial. It blew my mind. You can you can look for it on YouTube. Uh, it's called, look up Matt Scott, M-A-T-T, Scott, No Excuses, Nike commercial. And I saw the commercial and I told my mom, Hey, I want to try wheelchair basketball or whatever. So my mom was like, okay, sure, let's go for it. Because she supported me through anything. I mean, I wanted to play football for Little League, for the Little League. She said, okay, Jerry, we're going to try to make it happen. We're going to try to make it happen, but it would be a risk. You know, it would be a liability. So that didn't happen. And I said that to say, the, to show how much support that my mom's have, have for me throughout my life. and. So it was, I found a team out, um, I got in contact with my caseworker, and she found a team out in Miami. There was no team at the time in Broward, so I would travel every Sunday, what, I think about a, for an hour, traveling road for like an hour from Broward to David, an hour trip. So I would go there every Sunday, every Sunday. And I go to practice the first day. You know what I'm saying? I used to drive in this, this quickie wheelchair. It's a big, heavy wheelchair with the, with the, uh, with the head, red side guard, came with the tray, the foot plates. You know, I'm pretty sure you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah. So I went, to, I went to practice, and the coach saw me. I played with the guys. I got in the basketball wheelchair for the first time, and it felt like, like wow, this is something new. The way the camera on the wheels, the way you have the strap into the chair and first practice coach told me hey, yo you're fast and ever since then I've been fell in, I fell in love with the game 
I've been playing the sport for about 10 years now. What is it about wheelchair basketball that you love so much? I love the competition. You know, it's not every day that you can play with guys that, that in wheelchairs, like on your level. It's not every day that you can play with guys like that. And it introduced me to a brotherhood, like a whole different world. You know, it, it, it built my confidence, you know, to know that I wasn't alone. My confidence is already there, but it, it added to it, you know, to be a part of a community. We've talked about wheelchair basketball, but tell me about the fitness side of it. Do you have special equipment or anything? To be honest, I literally, I literally, I push. I push. You know, I recently just started training with my um, with my older brother. You know, he just started training me. We do uh, rope exercises with the rope, medicine ball tosses. Other than that, I, I, I don't lift weights. I would say I'm more so like a CrossFit. Like I would do mostly CrossFit. No weight, just CrossFit. I probably put on a weight vest here and there and just push. Like I literally just push myself, just push my chair. I would push on the grass, you know. Just keep that forward, just keep that motion going. How's the music production go? You know, like, well, you know, do you, you know, like, I know you mentioned, you know, like you started out as rapping, you know, you know rapping and playing the piano, mm-hmm. you know, but how did you determine that that's what, that that's something that you wanted to do? Because if, I sing in the shower, but yeah. that doesn't mean I'm going to you know, be a star mm-hmm. either. Because yeah. it, it, it felt good, you know, it felt, it mm-hmm. felt good. Like as far as when it, when it, when it comes to songwriting and making music, if, if, it gives me a way to express myself because I'm not, I'm not a very talkative person, but once I get in the studio, I can, you know, speak about everything, anything that I'm going through. So it gave me a voice, as I would say, a voice. Do you have any other projects that you want to talk about? Any stuff that you're proud of? Oh man, I'm, um, I'm actually proud of the film, man, that I'm a part of the rebound. It's an award winning film that has won over like 13 plus awards. Um, I've been traveling, you know, having opportunity to speaking, speaking engagements, you know, and just, you know, ex, ex, bringing the world, bringing the world, you know, introducing the world, you know, our life and our story. And I just released my, um, my recent album by the name of Not Famous But Familiar. It's doing pretty good. You know, it's, it's always a continuous grind and I'm actually working on, I dropped that, I released that, what, 20, yeah, 2016. 2016, and I'm actually working on my new project called Wheelchair Accessible. That's pretty much in the in the uh, in the bag, pretty much complete. So I may release that uh, probably the, the, the first the beginning of the year, 2018, the beginning of 2018. It's awesome. How does having a disability influence your music? Oh man, it's oh man, it's 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 it's, it's it gives people it gives people a different perspective, you know. Like I could say, let me let me think back to when I once I perform, like I perform like at least probably about once once a month, twice a month. Some performers they get on stage and they do not capture the crowd's attention. Does not capture the crowd's attention. And it's like and once I get on stage, it's like they all pay attention. Like what does he have to say? And I mean, and I always say it's because of the chair. And really, it is, because they want to know what does he have to say. I'm curious. Is he going to talk about his disability? Wow. And it takes guts to get up on the stage. It takes a lot of confidence. Wow, he's actually putting himself out there. Wow, that's inspiring. Wow, that's encouraging. 
you know, and, and, and that's the type of feedback that I get, you know, and it, it just brings people into a world that, 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 that they haven't even experienced themselves or needed someone to speak on, speak for them. So that's basically, basically how I look at it. Do you have an end goal for the music? Is there somewhere that you would like for it to take you? I have this vision. I see myself in the sold out arena. I see myself on, on, on billboards. And I know that's the, the, that's the usual star dream. But you don't really see like people with disability like breaking the barriers with just their talent. With just their talent. You see it, but it's not really promoted. You know, you see it on TV commercials very briefly for about five seconds or a glimpse. Why can't it be a whole minute? Why can't it be a whole commercial? Why can't it be a whole film, movie? Why isn't the why isn't it the norm? You know, and it would be the norm if it was was just showcased and put out into the world, exposed to the world. You know, people wouldn't see a difference if there wasn't any finger pointing. Uh, oh, look, and you know, any judgment, people wouldn't see a difference. It's just like family, like growing up. If you had a, di- a disabled brother or mentally challenged or a blind blind brother, he's not going to be, oh, that's my blind brother. He's going to be your brother. He's going to be your cousin. You know, and it's not going to be a difference. That's just how I view things. But my end game would be definitely like to be mainstream. If not mainstream, just publicly respected. And I just want to make the make the industry and the world wheelchair accessible. Phenom, phenom, phenom. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Is the wheelchair accessible thing ever a problem? Because I've done, I would say, very light entertainment, let's say, and most stages I can't get my wheelchair on because there are just steps up there. Or even not entertainment, just if I'm giving a, a, mm-hmm. a talk, I've got to do it on the ground because mm-hmm. I can't get up on the stage. Do you find that a challenge? Yes. It's definitely it's, it's definitely a challenge. It's definitely a challenge. And when I perform at venues that don't have stairs, it gives me even more drive to like do the unthinkable. Like wow, I can't get on the stage. Well, you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna get out my I'm gonna get out my chair, sit on the edge of the stage, and if I can, I'll probably sit on the edge of the stage, lift my wheelchair up on stage, then get in my wheelchair. You know, and that just adds like a whole different like wow to the performance itself. You know, so I just embrace I just embrace challenges. I embrace challenges, you know, and break them down. What do you consider your biggest accomplishment? Putting myself out there, like on a daily basis, doing the things that people think I can't do. You know, every day is an accomplishment for me. Every day. Waking up is an accomplishment for me. What's the biggest challenge you've had to overcome? My biggest challenge would be, I don't know if I would say, if I would say a relationship, finding like finding someone that true, true, true love. But I would say that was my biggest challenge. I would say my biggest challenge career wise. I'm literally like asking for help, asking for help. That's my biggest. That's my biggest challenge. Being raised independent and having a a physical ability. That's how I would say, not a disability, an ability. You know, I see myself as a superhuman. <laughs> like, actually, just actually put myself out there career-wise and asking for help. There was one day I saw this, uh, it was a mango in the tree. You know, my brothers was in the house. You know, there was no one outside but me. And 
I saw the man go up in the street. I grabbed the basketball and I would throw it up in the street. Throw it up. Miss, miss. Football. Miss, 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 miss. Stick. Miss, miss, miss. And so I decided, I said, you know what? Maybe if I climb the tree, maybe. So I go up to the tree. I climb the tree. My palm's sweating. I'm badly gripping the tree, but I'm instead of wiping my hands off on my shirt, climbing the tree, climbing the tree. And as I look down, I realize how high I am and I get scared. So I look up. And I noticed that I'm closer to the mango, right? So I'm getting closer and closer and closer, closer and closer. So I finally grabbed the mango. Blum. So now I got the mango on one hand. And I got my tree. I got my hand on the tree, holding the tree. So I'm like, wow, how the hell I'm going to get down? I, I can't drop the mango because if I drop the mango, it's going to bust. So what I did was I put the mango on my shirt, and I put the bottom of my shirt in my mouth. So I pretty much had like a kangaroo, a pocket like a kangaroo, you know? So I'm coming down the tree. I'm coming down the tree. I don't know why I'm getting so excited coming down the tree as I was going up. So ever since that day, like that made like a big impact. Like if you want something, you got to do it yourself. But some things take a team. You know, and I have a team, but it's just me deciding whether I'm going to ask for help. It's a pride thing, you know. That mango was good, though. I can tell you that. <laughs> How do you think people see you? Oh, man. Oh, man. They see me as this happy guy. You know, like, this happy guy that's always smiling, like, full of energy. How do you wish people would see you? <sighs> no different. See me as no different. See me as a human. See me as a human. Some people see me as a human. Some people don't. Some people see me as inspiration. But I'm just, you know... A regular guy living the life, no no boundaries, you know. Just embracing life and everything that comes with it. Don't pity me. Oh, I hate pity. Don't pity me. Before you grab a door for me, I grab a door for you. <laughs> no different sounds like a pretty good album title. Just saying. <laughs> I just want to put that out there. Sounds like a pretty great album title. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know, like I can see it in my head. You know, picture of you in the wheelchair. No different. I don't know, man. I like that. I like that. I like that. You're inspired. Yeah, you know, you can have that one. (laughs) If heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say at the pearly gates? Oh, man. One word. Where can people find your music? I'm on SoundCloud at Phenom. That's P-H-E-N-O-M one zero underscore four on SoundCloud. On YouTube is name. Phenom, P-H-E-N-O-M, one zero underscore four. And that's the same as YouTube, too. You can find me on YouTube. And I'm on Facebook at Jeremy Phenom Thomas. I mean, there you, you'll be able to be able to bring. I welcome you to the world with my wheelchair basketball and my music as well. You know, I have great videos. I post great videos weekly or monthly, however I feel, you know, when I'm creating content. Um, Follow me on Instagram, same as my SoundCloud. Phenom, 10 underscore 4. Well, thanks so much for doing this with me. I really appreciate it. This was a lot of fun to finally get to talk to you. Man, thank you, man. Thank you, Jacob. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Ability. You can find all of Phenom's links in the show notes for this episode at ability.com forward slash Phenom. You can follow the show on Twitter at Ability Podcast, and you can follow me on Twitter at the Jacob Holt. 
If you have a minute, please leave a rating and review on iTunes for the show. It really helps out. If you want to get in touch, you can send us an email at abilitypodcast at gmail.com. Thanks so much for listening, and until next time, keep on rolling.